0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We are going to talk about dreams, visions, and angel visits today. And you may be saying, well, why is it the Prophecy Club reads so many people's dreams and visions? I don't really like that. I don't really believe God talks to people like that. Or how do you know when God is really talking? I mean, my pastor, he didn't do that. So many other ministries, they don't do that. So how do you know it's really from God? I mean, all of these questions that people have. Since Prophecy Club has recently picked up a lot of new listeners, I felt it was important to kind of explain a little bit about dreams and visions, because I think I stand in a unique position to be able to explain that to you far more than the typical pastor out there. So I'm going to kind of bring you a teaching on dreams and visions, how God talks, so you can begin to understand it. Yes, if you have a dream, a vision, an angel visit, yes, you can send it to me. Please type it out, and please use capital letters and commas and periods and carriage returns and paragraphs. Not the words, <laughs> don't put it in one big text block where it's all running together. I can't even read it, okay? I mean, type it out nicely and neatly. It would be even nice if it was in a text a uh, program like maybe word but in other words make it fairly easy for me to read however these are some guidelines i don't want you to send me your personal dreams about you or your family or your business or your church in other words if it is for the nation if it is for the world and you are really confident it's from god and it is part of a warning then yes i would like to see it but you have to understand I get lots of them. I've seen lots of them. I've been around this whole game for a long time. And so here's, and please, I'm I'm not trying to offend you because we all want to hear from God. I want to hear from God. You want to hear from God. I understand. But I also understand that most dreams, even most dreams that I get, are not from God. So please don't necessarily think that just because you got a dream that it's from God. Also understand, I do not accept most dreams are really from God, including my own. So when you get a dream, be a little skeptical. But on the other hand, Joel chapter 2, that says, in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit on all people. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon my handmaids in those days. Since I believe that as of October the 3rd, 2018, the eighth day of Tabernacles, I think that we have stepped over a line in the Spirit, and I think it has drawn us closer to the last days, and there's lots of reasons for that, which is not the topic of this broadcast, so I'm going to move along, but I do think that we are about to begin to see miracles. We are beginning to see moves of Spirit like we have never seen and included in those will be dreams and visions and warnings. All right, now, so my first point I want to make is most of the dreams are not from God. Okay, so the next part is, so why is it that I read so many dreams and visions and angel visits on the radio program when seemingly about no one else does? (laughs) I mean, why is it that they're not in the churches? Okay, well, here's the kind answer, okay? First, understand I pastor a church too. Uh, probably my official calling is apostle, but I don't, you know, I've never been, never, God has not told me I'm an apostle. So, based upon the definition, I probably walk in that office mostly. However, matter of fact, God has not called me, He's not told me I'm a watchman, but I think it's easy for you to agree with the radio program that I do that I am a watchman, just like most of you listening are also watchmen. Okay, so back to the point. So why don't pastors consider things outside the Bible as as much as we do at Prophecy Club? I think it's because a Prophecy Club is very unique and me and I have a very unusual background that qualifies me to be able to recognize the voice of God perhaps more than most people out there. Now, I know that sounds like an arrogant statement. Please, I'm not trying to be arrogant here. I'm not trying to lift myself up being high or mighty. I'm not going to be asking for any donations. It's none of that stuff. I'm simply saying that in the kingdom of God, some people plant some water, but the Lord gives the increase. Some people harvest. Some people pull weeds. I mean, there's all kinds of jobs in the vineyard of God that we all do. So let me point out some things that make me unique above your pastor, above other, even Watchman programs. Some things that God has put in me that uniquely qualifies me to be able to say this is of God, this is not of God. More so than most people. Now, I'm going to say right up front, I'm not all accurate. I'm not 100% either giving prophecies Or spotting whether this is of God, but I do think that is one of my calls to be able to tell when this is of God. Now I'm not as good at doing that as my wife, but then she is a full-fledged hundred percent prophet. I mean that is her call. That's what she does. She prophesies on a higher level than I do. More of her prophecies come to pass than mine. Matter of fact, again as her husband, I don't know of one she's missed. Now So what makes me unique? Why would I be able to spot a dream or vision and be willing to read that on a nationwide radio program, standing behind it, saying this is God, and why are you maybe not qualified? And please, again, I'm not trying to put you down, because there's things that you do I can't do. We all have different skills. Okay, so what makes me unique? That's the first question. Well, yes, I'm a watchman, but So are you. However, I've been doing a radio program for 25 years, and if God did want me doing this radio program, he would have stopped it a long time ago, but he continues to prosper it and to bring it along. So this is my call, to warn. And the type of dreams, visions, angel visions, things like that, that I read on the ear, the purpose is to warn. Another thing that makes me unique, probably an experience you haven't had, is I met Dimitri Dudeman. He was in my home on like three different occasions, spreading a total span of about three weeks. I mean, and I've been to his home. We had him on several speaking tours with a prophecy club. In other words, I got to know him real well. <laughs> Matter of fact, there was a time where he even invited me to be on his board. I have met the genuine. You know, the way they tell you to spot a counterfeit dollar bill is by studying the genuine dollar bill. They say that if you know what the genuine looks like, then you can spot the counterfeit. I've met a real prophet. Not only him, but also his grandson, Michael Baldea, and of course, my wife is a real prophet. She's given over 5,000 prophecies. I do not know of one she has missed. I've also had 160 guest speakers. Now, let me just pause on that for a second. Something happened probably about, hmm, I guess it's about 10, actually, maybe even 11 or 12 years ago. So I was talking to a person about possibly being on one of our Prophecy Club speaking tours. As you know, we used to put speakers on tours. At one time, we were having 40 meetings a month. All across America, about 5,000 people a month were attending our meetings. And I'll say one more thing from... The year nineteen ninety three, when we started up to the year two thousand, we were able to lead about seven thousand new conversions to the Lord and over twenty thousand rededicated souls to the Lord. So anyway, one day I was talking to someone about possibly being a speaker for the prophecy club. And I started yawning. And I mean <laughs> the yawning got so bad, brothers and sisters, I, I couldn't even talk. And finally I <laughs> finally I said, Lord Are you trying to say something to me? Well, I began to realize that he was saying, no, don't have this speaker in. Don't do that. Well, through the years, that yawn has kind of been there from time to time. It's not there all the time. And it guides me, yes and no, in directions from time to time. Would I put things about dreams and visions on the radio when others won't? Well, one thing, 25 years doing a prophecy radio program, Also, I've done 60 crusades. Now, this is a crusade that started Friday morning, typically, at about 9 o'clock. went 9 to noon, 2 to 5, 7 to 10, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. (laughs) I mean, so it was a really in-depth crusade. And in that process, everyone that attended was offered the opportunity to receive a personal prophecy from a senior prophet. We would set up tables, three by eight tables in a room. I mean, like, for example, uh, I remember Detroit. We had about 450 people at the crusade. We had a room, and we would pull people out row by row by row. They would be able to go in and sit down in front of a real prophet that knew them not and record the prophecy on a little audio tape, if you remember those, and then give them the prophecy. And, I mean, God showed up big time. I mean, those people were so blessed, The Holy Spirit was really ministry, really powerful. But in that process, each one of those crusades would have anywhere from two to as many as five prophets working with us in that crusade. Again, I've done 60, over 60 of those. So I've worked with a variety of many other prophets, supervised them, told them this is what we're going to do, this is what we're not going to do. We start here, we don't do that, okay? All, I've, in other words, I've had a unique experience you have probably not had. Your pastor has probably not had. Again, I'm not trying to bang my chest. I'm trying to say when it comes to dreams and visions, I know what I'm doing. And frankly, many of them that I see on see these websites out here, there's entire websites that do nothing but put dreams and visions on the website, and do I go to them seldom? <laughs> Most of them are garbage. Most of them is just rubbish. Most of the dreams and visions out there are rubbish. But if you hear it on the Prophecy Club, it has at least gone through a filter from someone myself, or I myself, that has a little bit of knowledge about whether this is really God. So what else makes me, and please, again, I'm not trying to lift myself up here. I'm not trying to say I'm better than you because you do things in certain ways that are better than me. Okay, uh, whatever it may be, we all have our place. I'm just simply telling you where my place is. In addition to that, I've given over 5,000 prophecies, personal prophecies. Let me give you an example. And I remember Joanne, Our uh, she still works at Prophecy Club. You can call 785-266-1112 and she can verify the story that I'm about to tell you because she was handing me the audio tapes. So this husband and wife step up, a young couple, and I remember she had on a white sweater, and I remember he was dressed kind of like a cowboy, blue jeans, kind of a cowboy western type shirt. And as soon as they stepped up and I ducked my head to the floor, I said, Lord, you are not going to make me say that, are you? And very sweetly, he said, you said you would say anything I told you to say. <sighs> okay, fine, I'll say it. But you didn't say I had to look at him, <laughs> So I just looked at the guy's boots. I can still remember because I spent the whole time looking at his boots, cowboy boots, and they were brown. And so I looked at his boots, I pushed record, and I said, you, now, now please understand For I say this, out of the 5,000 prophecies, this is the most unusual prophecy. This is the only time any kind of a prophecy came forth like this. And I, Because I don't want to scare you. okay? So I said, you have been called to persecution. And this guy goes, Ugh. I mean, he's like, like somebody's punching him in the gut. And I'm saying, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I said, God has called you to go through very difficult times, to be persecuted. You will be beaten for the name of Jesus. And I mean, he keeps like, it's like somebody's punching him in the gut as I'm saying it. And I'm saying, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look up. So I just kept speaking. You are going to go through many hard times for the name of Jesus. But the Lord wants you to know he is going to give you strength and you are going to be victorious, and you will cross the finish line to receive the prize. Then I turned to his wife, and again, I'm still not looking up, and I said, and you, he's called you to be his intercessor. You are going to memorize Bible verses, not by the verse, not by the chapter, but by the book. You are going to pray him strength, and there's going to be times when you're down on your knees in that prayer closet, And the Lord is going to open up a window in the Spirit so you can see what your husband is going through so you can pray him strength to be victorious in this. And the Lord wants both of you to know that this is his call, his idea, and he will give you strength and he will promise you the victory in Jesus' name. And then I stopped the tape and I looked up. And I handed the tape, and this, this man reaches out, takes the tape, and he keeps going, mm, mm, and he turns around like he could barely walk, and he kind of stumbles off. And I turned to his wife, and you know she's probably about 23, 25 years old. And I looked, and there are two round, wet circles on the top part of her sweater. And I've never seen anybody cry with their eyes wide open, but her eyes were wide open like silver dollars. And tears just kept running out of her cheeks. And I turned to her and I said, ma'am, I said, you know, normally it's none of my business. Whatever said here, I'm just delivery boy. I said, but on this one, I got to know what in the world is going on here? She says, okay, so we're newly wed. And as soon as we get wed, he starts telling me this thing. And I start rebuking it, rebuking it, rebuking it, and I wouldn't receive it. She says, all right, all right, fine, I'll receive it. And she turns around and walks off. And I looked at Joanne, I said, wow. Now, what I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters, again, if you're seeing me lifting up myself, you're missing what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say is most of the dreams And the things that we think we're hearing of God, and you wouldn't believe some of the things I get sent in the email. Most of them are really not God. However, I do want to say what they are. Most of them, please hear me, most of them are invitations. They are invitations to a higher relationship with God. You get a dream, okay. It's not speaking to the nation. It's not speaking to your church. It might not be even speaking to your family. But when we get a dream, what it is is an invitation to have a closer relationship with the Lord. Now, here's where we make a mistake. We don't write it down. We just think it's just rubbish. And so then the Lord walks away and says, okay, well, I'm speaking. And they're not even reverencing. They're not even thinking it's important enough to write down and even make note of the date. So if you really think it's of God, what is the first thing you do? You write it down. And yes, I know you're sleepy in the middle of the night. I've done it too. And you really don't want to wake up. But if you want another one, you got to pry yourself out of that bed. Now, I'll tell you what I do is I have a recorder, and I'll go in and record it because that way it's faster, and that way I can go right back to sleep. I'll just record it. I use my iPhone, and then when I wake up, then I go back and listen to it, and I pray it through. Now, there's been times in the early days, I would say to my wife, Leslie, I had a dream, but I don't understand it. She says, did you ask the Lord to give you the interpretation? And it was like, duh, (laughs) what a concept. No, I didn't. She says, well, ask the Lord. He'll tell you. So I asked the Lord, and he would tell me the interpretation. I mean, it would just come to me. So what I'm saying is when you do get a dream, you reverence that dream. No matter how sleepy, you get up and at least record it and then you pray it through until you get the interpretation. Now, understand that what he's doing when you get a dream, normally it is not. He doesn't start with, oh, I had a dream for the nation. No. It's just like if you start learning to drive, they don't go out here and put you in a Formula One race car. Normally, you go to driver's ed first, and you got this little economy car. So God is not going to start giving you dreams for the nation, dreams for your church, dreams for your pastor. It starts small brothers and sisters. And if you're faithful in the small things, then he gives you more. So you get a dream, you write it down, and you want more, and here's what you do. You begin to pray and fast. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Yeah, I'll fast a meal. Well, (laughs) American. <laughs> American, you American Christian. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about fast a meal. I'm talking about if you really want to get close to God, you fast at least a day. And that's nothing. I mean you go three day fast. And when I'm talking about a fast, I'm talking about nothing but water. Nothing but water. See, fasting is a form of self discipline. It's a form of self correction. I'm denying myself so much that I want to hear from you, God. Now, in my opinion, what you really want to do is get away for a week. And when I say get away and fast, I mean you're going out to some lake house someplace, a friend's house, and you get away. You get away from the world. You get away from interruptions. I mean, Jesus went up on top of the Mount of transfiguration. Elijah went up to a cave. I mean, you get away from all interruptions, and you get alone with just God. What I do, I take my songbook so I can do some worship. I take my little uh, tone thing that, that I, I'll sing. I, of course, take my Bible, and I read, and I pray, and I sing, and I read, and I pray, and I sing, and I drink nothing but water. I've done that several times, three days here, five days there, a week long here, three weeks, I've never done a three-week fast, but I'm saying it depends on how bad you want to hear it. And then I'd suggest you start memorizing some scripture in that fast. You know, the average American Christian can't even quote John 3.16. So I would say, yeah, do some serious memorizing of scripture, not just one or two. I would say at least 10. Matter of fact, I gonna say if you're a Christian, if you can't quote at least 10 Bible scriptures, you're behind times. You ought to at least have 20 or 30, maybe even a whole chapter. What I'm saying is the dreams are invitations to a closer relationship. You get away, you pray, you fast, you worship, you sing, you you seek the Lord. Now, let me also say, not every dream, not every vision, not even every angel visit is going to come to pass. What? I thought if it was God, it was always going to come to pass. No, no, that's not right. Look at Jonah. Jonah took a little ride inside of a fish because he didn't want to go and warn Nineveh that in 40 days God is going to destroy it. So he had to take a little ride in the fish, and then he got burped out onto the beach and decided he was going to do what God told him in the first place. So he was told, you go tell Nineveh, I'm going to destroy it in 40 days. So he went to Nineveh, walked up and down the street, and told them, 40 days, God's going to destroy this. Now, unlike America, Nineveh listened. And it started at the top. The king repented. He put on sackcloth and ashes. And he commanded everyone in Nineveh for a three-day fast, the people and all beasts. In other words, all animals a three-day fast. Now, that's pretty good fasting. So as a result, Nineveh was not destroyed in 40 days. So I guess that makes God a false prophet, right? No, because you have to understand, God doesn't have to prove he has spoken to someone. His objective is not to prove a prophet, to prove he's speaking. His objective is to build his kingdom. Let me say it again. His objective is to build his kingdom. He wants to snatch people out of the fire and drag them into life eternal. That's his point. So he does not have to make certain what he says comes to pass. So if he gives you a dream or vision or even an angel that comes and talks to you, all it's saying is, yeah, God said it. Okay, so Stan, then how do we know when what God is going to say comes to pass? Here's a couple of tests for you. In two different places of Revelation, it says, and he said unto me, right, for these words are faithful and true. And another place it says, and these words are true and faithful. Then if you go to Daniel and it says, and right after he gave the, the dream to Nebuchadnezzar, and he says the dream thereof is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. So he's saying, you can count on this. So not every dream he's going to give you, even if it is from God, always comes to pass because sometimes they're warnings. Now, let me explain. As I've said many times, Prophet Ephraim Rodriguez came and made a DVD for Prophecy Club, and he said that he was shown a vision. The large meteor will hit Mona Island, which is a little deserted island just west of Puerto Rico, causing a 1,000-foot tsunami of Puerto Rico going up the east bo- eastern seaboard of America, uh, anywhere from 200 to 400-foot high, going inland 200 to 100 miles, and where it hits is an earthquake fault running up the Mississippi River Valley and that the Great Lakes would split all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico and large chunks of California would fall into the ocean. Now, here's the problem. Is that from God? Yep. Again, <laughs> uh, you know, Six people said they've seen a large meteor hit near Puerto Rico. Four saw a tsunami hit East Coast. Six people saw America split. Three people saw large chunks of California fall in the ocean. Nine, now I have ten people, saw that the split came because we split Israel. But that's a warning. And I think that that does not have to come to pass. Why do you say that, Stan? Well, because there's not a scripture in the Bible that shows that Mystery Babylon or Babylon, or the daughter of Babylon, or any of the names that God calls America, is ever split in two, also Dmitri Dudeman was shown the Russian attack on America. there I just got the anointing. I just got the anointing that what i 'm saying is accurate. Dmitri Dudeman was shown the attack on America, but at that time America had not been split. Bree Keaton was shown in a vision the attack on america and America had not been split down the middle. Henry Gruber was shown the Russian attack on America. Also, it had not been split down the middle. Okay, so what's going on? Okay, let me put it another way. Mina Grebin, back in 2014, 2015, came out with a series of dreams. She was saying the audible voice of God came to her, that an angel came to her, and that all this is going to happen by the summer of 2015. And also, there was another guy, uh, Faircloth. So there were several people. Matter of fact, the the world of prophecy was filled with all of these warning dreams, warning dreams, warning dreams. It's going to happen. It's going to happen by the summer of 2015. And then nothing. What happened? Well, according to Sundar Salvarej, and I believe he's hearing from God, God gave us a respite. A respite is a brief interlude or a brief uh, period where something unpleasant is held off. It's a delay. In other words, we are in the season of delay right now. Now that does not mean these prophecies are going to come to pass, or they're not going to come to pass. Okay, wait a minute, wait, stand, you're getting confusing. you have to understand. It's based upon us. It's based upon if we sin, we get curses, if we follow God's laws, we get blessings. And yes, God knows what we're going to choose, and sometimes He's going to force it. I'd still like to get to heaven. I'd like to see that the Russians never attacked America. America never fell. I'd like to be able to turn to God and say, hey, America, Russia never attacked America. Why? Why? Well, I'd like to hear, well, because the watchman did enough job of warning enough people, scaring enough people. By the way, that is a watchman's job to scare people to their knees. You understand. But instead, the average American, they they get scared, but they do the wrong thing. They don't go to their knees. They just leave. They just turn the channel. Wrong attitude. Wrong. What I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters, here's this. I'm running out of time. Let me summarize it. When you get a dream, that's an invitation for a higher relationship with God. That's a good thing. Now, it might not be something to tell your family, something to take to your pastor, might not be something to send me, but it starts there. So you get away, you pray, you fast, you memorize, you sing, you worship, you build yourself a prayer closet, you get closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord until finally, He is speaking to you on a regular basis. And I'm going to recommend you do one thing. That is get the Wake Up America gift offer. Now, please hear me. I'm not just trying to sell DVDs and books here. You need to see Dimitri Durman giving his testimony and you need to have a copy of it in writing because there's gonna be a day when there is no electricity. So you're gonna need that in writing. So what we've done is put together a Wake Up America gift offer. You get me teaching American Bible prophecy, a DVD, a DVD of Dimitri giving his testimony, and a book called Prophecies of the Fall of America, which is all of Dimitri Dudeman's testimony, dreams, visions, Michael Boldea, and also my wives. All dealing with America. Valued at $75. Prophecyclub.com for a gift of $35. Wake Up America gift offer. Prophecy Club. Gift of $35. Get it. Watch it. Learn it. Keep it by your bedside. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless.